0: Well, hey there. Thanks so much for joining us on the Hope Fellowship Church podcast. If these messages have blessed your life, go ahead and subscribe by clicking the subscribe button inside the podcast app. And if your life has been impacted by this ministry, would you consider supporting it financially so that we can continue to love God, love people, and prove it? You can give by visiting hope615.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you are blessed through today's message. Before we jump into it this morning, we're going to take a little bit of time to pray, ask God to soften our hearts because we are covering uh, just a massive topic today. So let's pray together. Father, this morning we are in need of a lot of grace, and Father, this morning we are in need of so much help. And so, Father, before we get into your Word and before we begin just to talk about some of these hard things that we're experiencing in culture revolving around media and social media and television and movies and music and games and screen time, Father, I ask that in Jesus' name that you would, by your Spirit, soften our hearts this morning. Father, that you would look down on your people and you would find that we are not enslaved to anything of the world. But instead, only to you, Father. And so, Father, in the same way you have brought rain in our area this morning, we ask that your spirit would rain in this room. We bless your name, Jesus. And the whole church said... Amen. Well, I'm going to sit down, if that's okay, with you for most of today's message. Uh, We are in a series right now that has been a ton of fun. Uh, If you've enjoyed having popcorn every week, say, come on. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. We've been in March Madness, and we've enjoyed popcorn and halftime shows and the Papa Shot Challenge, which I am no longer the leading champ on, which is super disappointing, uh, but we've had a great time. Uh, perhaps what I've enjoyed more than anything in this series is just the topics we've been able to cover. Uh, if you have not been here all four weeks, let me just update you. We started the March Madness series saying, look, let's look at the, the madness of marriage, right? Like how many of us have a marriage that we in, in moments of, of shortcomings would say, man, my marriage might be maddening. And we learn that God does not desire for our marriages to be maddening, rather to be this great picture of God and his relationship with humanity, that that he is our our leader and we are his bride and this picture that God has painted for marriage is beautiful. And then week two, we took time and looked at the madness of money, how many of us just just thinking about money is a bit maddening, but we learn that when we think of ourselves as stewards and not owners, it shifts our focus, and that we are not called by God to be owners of things, but to be stewards of what he's given us. And then last week, if you were here, we talked about the madness of margin, how many of us have little to no margin in our life, and that we are so busy that we never have time to just be still, which is important because God says, be still and know that I am God. And so this morning, we're going to cover our last topic of this March Madness series, and that is the madness of media. And if you're here this morning, I think most of us would probably admit, when it comes to our control of media. Now, I'm I'm talking about all of it, not just social media. I'm talking about social media. I'm talking about screen time. I'm talking about movies and television and everything you're intaking. I'm talking about what you're putting online. I'm talking about your gaming, all of it. When we, when we, the radio in your car, like, like when we think on media, how are we doing? And is it maddening to the Christian soul? I was on a canoe trip and I'm not gonna name names just to protect these people. I was on a canoe trip uh, last summer with our student ministry, and it was awesome. I love canoe trips because you basically just get in a canoe and you trap all your kids with you and they're forced to talk to you. It's really great. So we're on a canoe trip, and we always advise don't bring your cell phones, mainly because, you know, water, canoes, teenagers, cell phones go there to die. And um, so we always encourage, hey, don't, don't bring a phone. Just make it easy, but our, they're teenagers. Everybody brings a phone. So we're on this canoe trip, and we're approaching... Uh, this, this part of the river that generally is not usually hard to go down. It is a little bit more swift. But there had been a storm that had come through, and a, and a tree had fallen. And I'm noticing right where this heavy current is pushing the canoes is right where this massive tree is. I'm like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> this is a problem. I got teenagers who don't even know how to use a paddle and they're about to go full thing at this thing. So, so we're going towards this and I'm getting nervous. Well, I see one of our, our, our two of our teenagers in a canoe and they get pinned up on this, this log. And I'm like, oh no. So I got to be the hero. So I get my canoe, and I'm trying to paddle over there. So sure enough, I get my canoe pinned up with their canoe, and it's particularly dangerous in this moment, because the, the the current wants to push our canoes under, to go under the downed log, but we don't need to do that. We need to go over it. We don't want to get under there. That's scary down there. And so we're trying to figure it out. So I'm, I'm grabbing kids. We're getting over. We're getting safe. The canoes do go under. Stuff everywhere. Everybody's freaking out. Down river, shoes floating around, backpacks up. My stuff's everywhere. My cooler's like way down the river. I'm like, oh goodness. And all of a sudden, we're all safe though. We make it out alive. We're good. I'm a good youth pastor. We're alive. And we make it out. And, uh, and I look at the side. I'm just like, praise God. This is, we are okay. And I see this look on my student's face. I'm like, oh no. I think, is somebody still under there? <sighs> my heart is sinking. I'm like, no, I must admit, we must have a kid underwater somewhere. I'm my heart starts beating. So I run up. What's wrong? What's wrong? Tears, panic, anxiety. I'm like, what? What? what's going on? She's like, my phone. It's, it's in the water. I can't find it. I'm like, that's why we're crying? <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. It's just a phone. But in the moment, I was saying, this is crazy. Like, we're all safe. We're alive. It's just a phone. <laughs> but don't you and I do the same thing when we misplace it? Man, just the anxiety that we start to experience and the panic, where is it? Honey, you seen my phone? No, honey, I have mine. I don't keep track of yours. I can't find it. I think somebody stole it. Oh, shoot. All my information's on there. They're gonna get my credit cards. They're gonna get all my stuff. Somebody stole my phone. Did you look in your pocket? I found it. (laughs) We panic sometimes when we lose our phone. I did this experiment at at our beach camp recently. Where we went down to beach camp, and, and I wanted just to see, does a student get more out of a week of camp if they're less distracted? I just wanted to know that. And so I gave the students on Monday night of beach camp. I said, Hey, I want to give all of you this opportunity, but I want you to choose it. This isn't something I'm going to make you do. I want to give you an opportunity to fast from your phones. So I, I've got this big box. Turn your text who you need to, to let them know you're not going to have your phone for the week. But we're going to turn off the phones. We're going to lock them up for the week. And I want to give you the opportunity to sit aside distraction just to see if you grow in the Lord this week and if that helps. And what I found in this little secret experiment is that my students who chose to participate in giving up their phones for the week got significantly more out of that week than my students who kept their phones. We do this unique thing where we do a testimony time at the end of each week of camp. And you could just tell the students who are trying to make up something they experienced versus the one who really saw an impact in their lives that week. And to no surprise, it was the students who gave up their phones for the week that saw the most growth and who had the most breakthrough with the Lord. And I would talk to some students who kept their phones that week. They're like, I don't know. I just don't know why I can't connect with God. I'm just struggling here is it perhaps that all of us are living a life so distracted that God is incapable of getting your attention if he put a miracle in front of you? Would your eyes look up enough to even notice it? I worry if there was a burning bush today and if one of us was Moses, would we have even noticed it out of the corner of our eye or would we have continued looking at our screen and passed right by? I want to read you a couple statistics this morning, and we're just going to roll through this together. Uh, I do want to just let you know um, this has been the hardest message I've ever written in my life. It's also not going to be near one of the best messages I've ever preached in my life. Finishing this message not only was difficult, but it also wasn't even satisfying when I came to the end as I studied the last six days trying to get knowledge and and search my resources on, on what it is that we need to do as the church in regard to media, the pool of information that I have just inhaled this week is so overwhelming that I can't even communicate to you a tenth of it. There's just no way. No way. And so here's what I'm asking you to do as the church. I'm hoping that today we're gonna start a conversation and that by the end of this message, something in here would have caught your attention enough that you're going to go home today, maybe you go to your hope group this week or talk to your family at lunch and you're gonna start a continued conversation. Because there's no world that I can preach one sermon that will address all the issues that we as individuals face with media and how we ourselves abuse this resource that we've got. And so what I'm asking you to do today is just track along with me, hop on board as we roll through this together, uh, but that this is just going to trigger some conversations for you, that you're going to be able to walk out of this message. Hopefully and prayerfully, making some decisions that will impact your own life in a greater way that we can pursue holiness together and be a little less distracted on the journey. So let me give you this morning a couple statistics. In 2018, 257 million Americans owned a smartphone. 257 million That's basically everyone old enough to um, owned a smartphone. Let me continue. On average, adults in the U.S. spend 11 hours a day interacting with media in some capacity. We spend 11 hours a day on average in some capacity interacting with media. That could be at our jobs, that could be in the car with the radio, that could be at home with the TV on, texting, calling. We spend 11 hours a day interacting with media of U.S. teenagers own a smartphone. 45% of teenagers report they are online at a near constant basis. 26% of adults report they are online at a near constant basis as well. For the adults in the room, that means one in four of you report that you are always online, including right now, in some capacity, you're on your phone. Nearly half of our teenagers right now are some capacity connected to something online. Before this message is over, over half of you will check your phone to see who's talking to you, what somebody else has said, or that you won't miss out. Sean Parker, who is Facebook's founding president, has admitted that the product they built exploits a vulnerability in the human psychology. So what is that vulnerability? Well, an experiment by five neuroscientists in 2014 concluded that Facebook triggers the exact same impulsive part of your brain as gambling and substance abuse. We have designed social media so that you are addicted to it to keep filling the pockets of somebody else. They have found out a way to keep you coming back even if you want to stop. Using the same marketing strategy as the cigarette companies. If they're addicted, they'll keep buying what we're selling. We, you and I, if we're honest, are addicted to media in some capacity according to a survey in 2017 by the royal society for public health that's in britain uh, britain's age 14 to 24 believe that facebook instagram snapchat and twitter have detrimental effects on their well-being they said that the platforms exacerbated the anxiety and depression it deprived them of sleep it exposed them to bullying and it created worries about their body image and, of course, FOMO, fear of missing out. These studies also found that these problems tend to be particularly severe among frequent users, which are us. And I haven't even talked to you about pornography yet. 25% of all searches made on the internet are for pornography, One in every four searches is for porn. 35% of all downloads online are porn. 58% of divorces in 2018 said it was due to one party's obsessive interest in pornography. 68% of divorces in 2018 said it had to do with one party's obsessive interest in something on the internet. And we haven't even started talking about movies and television, the news, and music, and video games. That being said, my question today for those of you in the room who claim to follow the Lord, those of you in Christ, His people held together to the day he returns, is this. Are you feeding your flesh or are you feeding the spirit of God? In your consumption and use of media, whatever the platform, are you feeding your flesh or are you feeding the spirit? Let me give you some insight of what I'm asking here. Turn with me if you have a Bible to Galatians five. We're going to start off with verses 16 and 17. I know this is heavy, but if you're awake this morning, say, I need it. So do I, you guys. So do I. Galatians 5 16 and 17. It says this Paul writes, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And he explains, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that, listen to this part, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Paul's painting this picture of the Christian journey of what it's like for you and I once we've given our lives to the Lord and we've received the Holy Spirit. Jesus says that all who know him have his spirit, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in everyone who believes in him. So we have the spirit of God Dwelling and residing among us, not being idle, but putting in work to fight off the things that are our flesh, the things that are sin, the things in us that were us pre Jesus, the things in us, the things we desired, wanted, chased, sought after, and need that are opposing to what God has reserved for his people. The Holy Spirit lives in us to battle and hash it out and make war with your flesh, and it's personalized to you. I love when a new person comes to Christ, especially when I get to leave teenagers to the Lord and begin to watch them pursue God, because something unique happens. Once they've given their life to Jesus, they now have invited the Holy Spirit to convict them and wage war on their flesh. And many teenagers, they will give their life to the Lord. And I would say many of us adults as well, we would give our lives to the Lord and we begin pursuing him, but after that decision, I I mingle my way back into the things of who I was before Jesus, pre-Jesus, my sinful ways, the things that gratify the fleshly desires I have, and I get there, and all of a sudden, I'm so unhappy. I'm super discontent. I just feel like junk all the time, and I can't figure out why I feel just this gut nasty, hurting, aching, twisting, weird feeling now that I'm following God. So they'll come back and ask the question, what's the deal? You said God was amazing and amazing grace, how sweet the sound and all these things and I was so good. Why do I feel like junk? Because when you give your life to the Lord, you have invited God Almighty through his spirit to wage war in you about the things in you he doesn't want to happen anymore the things in you that God has not invited and does not want to remain, you have personally asked him to, by his spirit, wage a war against those things. And so many believers struggle with this feeling of wanting to follow God and wanting to know him, but also wanting my flesh. There is no more miserable person than the Christian in disobedience. Because no longer can you disobey God and feel good about it. When you disobey the king, the spirit of God is waging war in you until you come clean and walk away. And so he paints this picture about our flesh and the spirit in us. And I have to ask you that question in regard to media. Your consumption of media Is it feeding and growing the desires of our flesh, or is it feeding and growing the desires that the Spirit of God has placed in us? I want to continue reading just in case we miss what this fleshly desire is actually speaking of. Paul didn't want us to get it wrong. He wanted us to make sure we knew what he was talking about when he said the flesh. So Galatians 5, beginning in verse 19, says this. He says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. He says, hello, wake up. It's obvious what the acts of the flesh are. He goes on. It is this. It's sexual immorality. It's impurity. It's debauchery. It's idolatry. It's witchcraft. It's hatred and discord and jealousy. It's fits of rage. It's selfish ambition. Dissensions and factions. It's envy. It's drunkenness. It's orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, listen to this, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And as I read that, I just got to ask, do any of those things correlate with what happens in you when you're using any, any outlet of media? I mean, I just begin to break this down a little bit and begin to think, well, sexual morality, well, we know the primary use of the internet is porn. Overwhelmingly. I would encourage you in your own time to do some study on the pornography industry and how much money and income they bring in off of people just online. It will shock you. Ask this question. Does my intake of media keep me pure or make me impure? What does it promote? What about idolatry? How much do I idolize having this in my pocket versus having this in my hand? What if I asked you this week, all right, everybody, we're going to do a challenge. All of us this week, we're going to give up something. You can either sit aside your phone for the entire week and keep the Scriptures, or you can sit aside the Scriptures for a week and keep your phone. Now, I know what you're saying. Well, I've got the Bible app. No, I said the Scriptures. You don't have the Bible app in this scenario. Are you keeping your phone or are you keeping the Word of God? Let me give you your answer for you. What did you do last week? We have idolized this thing to sit so high in our lives. Let me ask you this. What about hatred or disunity or fits of rage? I had to get off Facebook for a month because I was so mad at Christians and what they posted. I was getting so frustrated with people that it was actually changing the people I wanted to talk to and interact with. I just had to get rid of it. This is not healthy. I would type so many responses that I would just delete. For every one thing I type on Facebook, where a thousand I typed and deleted because I didn't want to say it. What does Facebook do to you? Does it leave you angry? Do you get on there and have fits of rage? What about jealousy and envy, as we just read? Is Instagram promoting in you self-love or does Instagram promote jealousy? What about Pinterest? Does it promote contentment or does it promote envy? Wow, there is so much good to come from media, and I admit that. I, so much of this sermon was able to come together by the use and the correct use of media. But I want you to ask this question. In your consumption on a regular basis, are you feeding your flesh and the things of the flesh or are you feeding the Spirit of God in you? So that leaves us with a question, what are we supposed to do? That's the question I've been struggling with all week. Knowing my own life and my own struggles and the own problems that media creates for me, what, is a, what, is a, what am I supposed to do? I have an option, A, to just quit everything, throw every computer away, throw every cell phone away, get rid of every type of, get rid of my TVs, get rid of my Xbox, get rid of everything I own, throw it all out the window, stop, stop taking media and allowing it to distract me and pour things into me that are unholy. I have that option. And some of you this morning, I should just let you know, that should be your only option. There are some of you in the room who are so enticed and addicted in sin through your use of your cell phone or your computer that it is worth it for you to ditch it for a time and just to throw it all out. For some of you, that might be the answer for a season. For most of us in the room, the answer is different. For a lot of us in the room, we have just got to get serious with how we interact with media, and and why we interact with media. Not only how, but why. Why are we using it? Uh, I have to admit that I was unable to find a Bible verse that talks about the internet. It's not in there, guys. (laughs) It's an old book. I couldn't figure it out. But, um... But I did find a passage that I found extremely encouraging in, in something that I can meditate on before I enter into my use of media. And it's in Matthew ten sixteen. Jesus says this he says, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and as innocent as doves. Be wise as serpents, innocent as doves. And he says, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. Now, this verse, contextually, is actually speaking to the church who's about to walk into people who will uh, begin to kill and martyr all the Christians. And it's saying, be courageous, still go forward, you're a sheep, they're wolves, they're probably going to kill you, go anyways. But I, I like this verse also for my use of media. Because in the world of social media, TV, and movies, and all the ads we see, we are the underdog. We're not the winner. That's why you pay to watch it and don't get paid to watch it. You're the underdog. Media is the wolf, and we are the sheep. Now, I don't believe that we are called to be a people who just run away from it altogether, and pretend it doesn't exist. I I really don't think that. I don't believe technology or any sort of media is inherently sinful. I just believe there's so much room to screw it up. But I don't believe it's inherently wrong. In fact, there's a lot of things in this that are incredibly good and super, incredibly beneficial. But in this verse that we just read, I want us to understand that as a sheep we have to be so cautious because we are walking in to a den of wolves. So as we walk into our use of media and as we continue in this message, we need to learn how to be as wise as possible when we walk into this. That we're not just flippantly scrolling because we're bored, but I'm gonna use this stuff wisely and I'm also gonna protect my innocence. If this comes against Me remaining innocent and pure with God, then I'm just gonna ditch it. I'm gonna protect my innocence. And so here's the mission that I'm gonna propose to you today that we as the church could use media in such a way that it would protect your purity and display God's love. How can we as Christians use media in a way that protects your purity? meaning that overall, this can protect you, push you towards the Lord, make you holier. I'm in a group text with a bunch of dudes right now that I don't even want to be in. Well, let me tell you something. All these bros are loving on each other and constantly giving each other encouragements and scriptures and praying for one another. I'm like, holy cow, this is it. This is a proper use of media. How can we use this stuff to display and share the love of God with people while also protecting our purity. Y'all look tired. If you can him me cut once, hear me clap twice. All right, some of the adults don't know that. Teenagers on point. We're going to try it again. If you can hear me cut once, hear me clap twice. Hear me say, whoa, whoa. Okay. Let's move forward. If we know the missions to protect our purity as well as to share God's love, I want to this morning give you five encouragements for your use of media. Now, this is where we're starting a conversation. These are the five that I was convicted of that I feel I'm going to apply. I'm going to roll through these as fast as we possibly can. Five encouragements for you on your use of social media. Everybody say five. Number one, take a step back. Take a step back. That is my number one encouragement to you in your use of media. Take a step back. You're far too close. You probably don't even see the problem. You can't see the picture when you're in the frame. Take a step back. Would you just put it down for a little bit? We must learn to limit the amount of time we spend on screens, you just got to. We've got to take a step back. 1 Corinthians six twelve. I love this passage. All things are lawful for me. It's all okay. I can do most things, but not all things are helpful. <laughs> all things are lawful for me, but I'm not gonna be enslaved by anything. Listen to me. I am pretty sure that most of us in the room, without admitting it, are enslaved to technology. We just won't tell you that. We're just not going to say it out loud. You say you need it. Boy, no, you don't. 20 years ago, ain't nobody had it. But we want it. We cling to it. You know how many young men I've counseled and and women I've sent to counseling uh, who are struggling through pornography addictions? And I make this one simple statement. Get rid of the smartphone. That's where you're struggling. Get a flip phone for a season. It does all the things you actually need. Well, I need it. I don't know. That's really hard. I need it. Well, that's a good point. I'll do that. I never do that. Ditch it. Take a step back, dude. Take a massive look at what you're doing to yourself. We as God's people should not be enslaved to anything, especially something that I place above God himself. Let me ask, ask yourself this question to realize if, if you have a problem. For you, it may not be your phone. For some of you, it may be, uh, uh, you know, Netflix. <laughs> it may just be Facebook because you're not on Instagram, or it may be Snapchat because that's the new one, and we don't really do Facebook anymore because we're young. You know, whatever. I don't know what it is for you. It may be gaming. Uh, I don't know what it is. But, but would you take a step back and ask yourself this question? Just start here. Do I get anxious when I go without blank? When I go without my phone for a period of time, do I start getting anxious? When I go without watching my show for a period of time or somebody interrupts my show, do I start getting anxious? If I go too long without playing a game, do I start getting anxious? If you answered yes to any of those, you have a problem. And I don't say that lightly if our consumption and use of media has so far gone to affect your mental health, to cause actual anxiety in you when you are away from it, we call that separation anxiety, then we have a massive problem and it's time to talk about it. This should benefit us and help us and allow us to take opportunities we would not have otherwise, but they should not control us And it should not enslave us to it. If you get anxiety when you are away from whatever it is you like, you've got a problem with media. Encouragement number two, I want you to pretend the public is always watching. In your use of media, I want you just to pretend the public is always watching. Uh, in the world we live in, we are crazy to think that our use of media is unhackable. <laughs> I mean, if they can get in and get all the politicians' emails and spread that, and then if they can go on and get all your credit card information and spend your money, uh, and, then, and then if all these celebrities can stop leaking weird photos that they somehow got on them and, and all this, and listen, if they can do that to all these other people, bro, you're not safe either. Just to prove my point, I downloaded last night a hacking software on my computer. And (laughs) Mm -hmm. I then, listen, I then imported all the information from our church's database for everybody's names, emails, home address, as well as phone numbers. And you would not believe what I found on all of you, including the last seven days of search history on all of your devices. Totally kidding. (laughs) Totally kidding. (laughs) But what if I did? (laughs) <laughs> but what if I did? Some of y'all are about to come kill me. <laughs> Listen, hold on though. Take a deep breath. Everybody breathe, take deep breath in. Solid release. But what if I did? Pause. What, what if I did? Y'all with me on that? What would I find? Some of y'all putting your phone down right now because y'all are like, I'm not even going to hold this thing. What would I find? What would I find if I started going through every photo you've taken, even the ones you deleted because the cloud's quicker than your delete button? What would I find if I looked at everything you've searched, even though Safari has private browsing? What would I find if I looked at every recorded FaceTime video you shared or every phone call you made or every text message you sent? What I found, if, if I just pretend like the public is watching everything I consume, it is a great safeguard for me to know whether or not I should participate. You see, we can justify all things in the private. When I'm alone, I can justify anything when I'm alone. I can't justify as much when my daughter's sitting next to me. I can't justify as much when I sit here on a stage in front of all of you right now. And so I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to, in your interaction with media, the movies, the music, whatever it is, would you pretend the public is watching? And if you cannot justify doing it on a stage in front of your church, we should probably reroute and not go there at all. Pretend the public is watching. Encouragement number three, I want you to consider what you contribute. Uh... With the invention of social media, it's shifted the way media works. Used to, we would only consume media, but now we're all contributors. They gave everybody a pin, even though you don't have the credentials. They gave all of us influence, even though none of us could earn it. And so we are all contributors in this world of media. My content can be read by hundreds and millions of people online, if they would choose. What are you actually bringing to the table with the content you post? Ephesians 4.29 says this. I want you to consider this, guys, in our use of social media especially. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Most of us read this passage and we really appreciate the first part. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of my mouth because you're like, sweet, I didn't cuss this week. Woo, Jared Party, stubbed my toe, all I said was shoot. And we celebrate this unwholesome talk, but what many of us skip is the second part. But only say what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. That says, hey, if you can't say something that's about to benefit somebody, shut your mouth. And you're like, well, well, Jared, what about all the idle words, the words that don't really matter? Well, let me just read to you Matthew 12, 36. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. You're going to account for every careless word you say or type. And should I add, even if you type it anonymously, because you cannot be anonymous to the king, he sees everything. What if we began to consider what we contribute. We've got this amazing opportunity that Christians thousands of years ago never could have imagined. This crazy opportunity that I can in one moment share something to thousands of people at once. We used to read about the rapture and the coming of the Antichrist and how the whole world would hear him speak, and no one understood. They thought it was going to be magic. Maybe he's going to speak, and his voice is going to be so mighty that the whole earth is going to hear it at the same time as like, whoa, y'all, did y'all hear the antichrist? But now with the advent of live television and live Facebook and Instagram, we get it. Oh, that's how the whole world's connected. We have this incredible opportunity to contribute life-giving posts. In Jesus, God honoring things to everyone we encounter. What are we using this incredible opportunity we have to do? Are we using it on us and our benefit? Are we using it in the same way the apostles would if they had it in their day? Encouragement number four stop sharing fake or exaggerated news. That's all I have to say about that one. Encouragement number five. Encouragement number five. Pray about your media consumption. And I mean this one. Before you consume media on a regular basis, would you pray about it? Matthew twenty-six forty-one: watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I want you to think about this before we close today. Jesus is in the garden, and we know that soon he's going to go to the cross and endure something for mankind that is just unreal. He's just about to go out and endure something that's totally unreal. And he's going to pray before this comes. And he looks to those around him. He looks at his disciples. He says, hey, I want you to take time to pray that you don't fall into temptation. Would you pray that you would not be tempted while we are here? Because I'm about to endure something for all of humanity. I'm about to endure something that's going to change people forever. He says, but would you just pause for a minute and pray that you wouldn't fall into temptation? Jesus' answer that we would not slip is prayer. And knowing, we, none of us are about to walk to the cross. We know that. But every time we get online, we are opening ourselves up to the enemy's influence and whether or not we're going to participate in it. And what if we took time, every, and I mean this. Y'all think I'm crazy, but I mean it. Even when I'm just opening my phone, I've got two texts right now. Right now. What if before I even get there, I go, Lord, I'm about to use this stuff for you. This is a crazy, amazing tool I've got. Help me use it for your glory. What if before I get home, Lord, I'm about to walk in to see my family. God, I know I'm going to be tempted to sit down. I want to watch TV and not talk to my kids because I'm just tired from the day. Or I'm going to walk in there. I want to get on my phone and start just scrolling until I fall asleep. Lord, I know I'm going to be tempted. Well, God, would you just help me before I walk in that I could honor you? And what if you actually begin to pray about whether or not God approved of what you're doing online? Man what if we just prayed about what we intake? God, is this feeding my flesh or does this feed the spirit in me? God, if this is something, if I'm about to walk with something that is gonna encourage me to fall back into the old ways of sin and the old ways of shame and the old ways of my own way, and you gotta, if I'm gonna do that, Father, would you just allow me to see that so that I can just say no to it? What if we really prayed about the stuff we're doing here? We pray about every big decision we make. What if we prayed about these ones? The seemingly small decisions that have overtaken mankind forever. What if we prayed? And so here's my desire. We're going to, in just a moment, worship again and uh, respond. Here's, here's my desire for you. I want you to go home today And just have a conversation. If you leave this room and don't talk about it, we missed it. Because what I need you to know is, while this is some general information, this is not personalized to you. Because your individual use of media is different than the general information I just shared. And so I am challenging you and I am asking you, when you leave today, even if it's at lunch, would you sit down and open the conversation? Does my use of media feed the spirit of God in me, or is it feeding my flesh? And then would you be honest enough to talk about it? I think most of us are missing it in some areas. And I think there's room for growth for all of us. But man, what a beautiful day when I can honestly look at the last 24 hours of my day and say, that was awesome. I didn't waste my time. I did not live a day of distracted. I, I, I was able to be focused through what God had me to do for the day. I didn't aimlessly scroll in all my downtime. I'm not walking away from a frustrating argument on Facebook. What a great day. What a simpler day. I want all of us as believers to get a grasp on this because I think it's messing us up in ways that we won't even talk about. There's a whole sermon series to be written on the way media is affecting the mental health of our teenagers, but that's for another day. Um, I challenge you, please, 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 to continue this conversation, to begin to research this on your own. If y'all stand up with us this morning, I'm going to take a time to pray for us. We're going to worship. Uh, you may be here this morning, and you may say to yourself, you know what? Uh, I would love for somebody to pray with me. During this next song, we've got a prayer team who will be over on that wall who would love to pray with you. You may say, you know what? It's time that I come out and share with somebody the pornography addiction that I'm still dealing with. If you're in that, we would love to talk to you. We would love to help you. We would love to get you some resources. You may be in here today and say, listen, I've been enslaved to some stuff that I'm just unwilling to talk about. Today's the day to bring it up and talk about it. Wherever you may find yourself, if you know God is prompting a response in you that must begin today, I'm gonna ask you to go share it with somebody and have somebody pray for you. Group leaders in the room, when your group meets this week, ask them the same question we're asking this morning. How is our use of media helping us or hurting us? Let's pray together. Father, we acknowledge that for the most part, we have missed it in our use of social media, in our use of TV, in our use of the movies we watch, and the music we listen to. Father, we have totally missed it. And so, God, I ask that you would help us and allow us and give us the grace that we need to heal. Father, to put technology in its proper place in our life, that it would no longer rule over us. Father, we bless your name this morning as we worship you, and thank you for teaching us something new. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening to the Hope Fellowship Church podcast. If you're interested in becoming more connected at Hope Fellowship Church, please visit hope615.com slash connected.